Same time next week. Goodbye. Stay classy. RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Pierre Tremblay. The top stories, roundtable lawmaker Michael Tien says the government failed to plan for the surge in mainland tourism caused by the new mega bridge. The Secretary for Labor and Welfare warns of a democratic time bomb from the SAR's aging population and a DAB lawmaker urges closer scrutiny of money lending companies. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tien has accused the Hong Kong government of poor planning for the opening of the new bridge to Zhuhai and Macau, saying its wait-and-see approach on tourist numbers has brought disruption to parts of the SAR. Tongchong residents have complained of being swamped by tens of thousands of visitors since the new bridge opened last month. Speaking on a radio program, Mr. Tien called on the administration to build a mega-mall at the SAR's bridge checkpoint to cater to mainland tourists. A lot of the uh, mainland tourists can actually come uh, enjoy the bridge. You know, driving is actually quite fun, right? 56 kilometer round trip is 100. It's, it's quite astounding. They can drive here, get what they want, which is uh, what most of them uh, wanted to come to Hong Kong anyway. It may not be luxury goods, I don't think, but it's mostly the day-to-day necessity. I think there's a huge demand for that. So anybody whom Hong Kong may not want to let in, they would feel free to go to that centre, do their shopping and then go back. The Secretary for Labour and Welfare, La Chi Gong, says Hong Kong's ageing population means the number of care workers needed is estimated to triple by 2041. Writing on his blog, Mr Law said the job vacancy rate for workers at elderly care homes already stands at about 20%. He also said that more than half of the carers working at these elderly homes are already over 50. Mr. Law estimated that 1,200 elderly care homes will need to be built in the next 40 years to cater for a rising demand. He described the target as out of reach. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quatt has urged the government to bring in tighter regulations on money-lending companies. Speaking on RTHK's letter to Hong Kong, the legislator said the current money-lenders ordinance is increasingly outdated and ineffective in addressing issues linked to these businesses. But she says one thing that the government can do is monitor these companies more closely. A police force monitors these finance companies and thus it enjoys a lot more flexibility and freedom in lending out money as compared to the banks. While we do not want to interfere with their daily operation, there should be a new set of rules or even a new licensing system that is specifically set to regulate finance companies in its unique position while unifying the responsibility of overseeing money lending to the monetary authority. Eight British members of parliament have condemned what they say is the use of vague and ambiguous charges apparently intended to intimidate and silence pro-democracy figures in Hong Kong. Robert Kemp has more. Tomorrow, nine leaders of the Umbrella Movement go on trial. They include Occupy Central co-founders Professor Benny Tai, Professor Chan Kin Man and Reverend Chu Yu Ming. The cross-party group of MPs put forward a UK parliamentary motion that raised concerns about the charges of conspiracy to public nuisance, incitement to public nuisance and incitement to incite public nuisance against the nine. The group said it was concerned that they each carry a sentence of seven years. The group pointed out that over 100 pro-democracy protesters had been charged since the Occupy campaign of 2014 and that many had been jailed. The motion also called on the British government to raise the matter with the SER government and consider further action based on commitments in the Sino-British Joint Declaration. Donald Trump has said the devastation caused by the wildfires in California hasn't changed his mind on climate change. 
On a visit to the town of Paradise, which has been largely, largely destroyed, he insisted that improved forest management practices would reduce the chances of another such disaster. The local sheriff said 76 people are now known to have died and 1,200 are still unaccounted for. Joe Greco, who's part of the search and rescue operation, is involved in the hunt for the missing people. We start with missing persons reports that the public has called in, and we're looking into every single one of those leads, every single one of them. We've got uh, about 500-plus search and rescue teams out there paired with canine units and cadaver dogs uh, and anthropology groups combing through rubble right now looking for anything, any sign of, of humans. And, and right now it's, it's difficult. It's, it's bones at this point. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. The Democratic Party candidate in the closely contested race for governor of the U.S. state of Florida has admitted defeat. In a video statement, Andrew Gillum congratulated his Republican rival, Ron DeSantis, on his victory. But Mr. Gillum also said that he'll keep fighting for change in Florida. We know that this fight continues. Uh, in spite of the outcome of this election, more than four million of you decided that you wanted a different uh, direction for the state of Florida. Uh, we want you to know that your voices will continue to power us as we still stand on the front lines right alongside you to make this a state that works for all of us. Argentina's government says it doesn't have the means to retrieve a submarine that's just been found at the bottom of the Atlantic a year after it went missing with 44 crew members on board. The vessel disappeared after reporting an electrical fault hundreds of kilometers off Argentina's coast. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Argentina's defense minister, Oscar Aguad, has said that it seems impossible to recover what's left of the submarine, the San Juan. The wreckage was located 900 meters below sea level. Mr. Aguad believes the vessel imploded in the South Atlantic after its batteries were damaged by a seawater leak. Relatives are demanding a full investigation into the causes of the accident. They're also calling for the wreckage to be recovered to bring the families some closure. Efforts to contain a deadly outbreak of the Ebola virus in the east of the Democratic Republic of Congo have suffered a setback because of worsening violence in the region. The Congolese Health Ministry and the World Health Organization temporarily suspended their work yesterday following a rebel attack on the city of Beni. The BBC's Grant Ferret reports. The DRC has suffered many outbreaks of Ebola, but the current one is the worst on record. More than 200 people have died since August. The violence, which has long plagued eastern Congo, has severely hampered the work of health teams. Late on Friday, an attack by rebels of a group calling itself the Allied Democratic Forces reached a part of Beni housing UN staff. Sixteen of them were evacuated to Goma for what was described as a few days' rest and counselling. Meanwhile, a funeral ceremony was held in Beni for six UN peacekeepers from Malawi, who were among those killed in a rebel ambush earlier this week. Sport Hong Kong are still in with a chance to qualify for the 2019 Rugby World Cup in Japan after securing a six-try bonus point 42-17 win over Kenya. In Marseille, Tom McAlinden has more. After a slow start, Hong Kong got on the board after 30 minutes when winger Max Denmark crashed over for a try. But Kenya still led 12-7 at half-time. Hong Kong powered ahead in the second half with five tries, helped by a brace from reserve Thomas Lamboli. It was Hong Kong's third straight defeat of Kenya since last year. 
However, the SAR still face an uphill struggle. They need a bonus point win over Canada, who beat a tough German side 29-10 overnight. They also need to deny the Canadians a bonus point to move into first place. That means the Canadians need to score fewer than four tries or lose by more than eight points. It's been a big weekend for Northern Hemisphere rugby, with France claiming their first victory in nine months by beating Argentina 28-13 in Lille, while Ireland defeated the world champions 16-9 in Dublin and even denied them a try. Sean Kennedy has more. The result offered France a much-needed confidence boost as well as a psychological edge ahead of the pool stage fixture in Japan next September. The Puma started strongly, touching down after less than two minutes, and France only managed to take the lead after 33 minutes when a penalty gave them a narrow 11-10 lead. It was France's first win since their Six Nations victory over England in March. The big surprise of the weekend was Ireland's 16-9 victory over the world champions New Zealand in Dublin. Ireland were also the first side to deny New Zealand a try since France in 1995. In other games, England came from behind in the second half to beat Japan 35-15 at Twickenham. And South Africa followed up last week's dramatic late win against France by becoming only the second visiting team in two years to win in Scotland with a 26-20 victory. Football, European champions Portugal have become the first team to qualify for the Nation League's semi-finals after holding Italy to a 0-0 draw at the San Siro. Despite lacking Cristiano Ronaldo, the Portuguese progressed with one match to play and are sure to finish top of the group A3. The result means that Poland have been relegated to League B. Despite pushing Portugal for over an hour, Italy couldn't find a way through. Instead, the goalless draw echoed the stalemate against Sweden a year ago that ended their hopes of reaching the World Cup in Russia. Portugal host Poland in their first national in their first Nations League game on Tuesday, with Italy playing a friendly against the United States in Genk. Tennis Novak Djokovic produced a masterclass to crush Kevin Anderson and set up a title decider at the ATP finals against Alexander Zverev, who ousted Roger Federer. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio Free. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. Part three. Summer Buddy Holly, the working Holly, the Golly Miss Molly, and Boats. Hammersmith Pally, the Bolshoi Bally, jump back in the alley, add nanny goats. 80 minus camels, Dominica camels, all other mammals plus equal boats. Seeing Piccadilly, Fanny Smith and Willie, being rather silly, and porridge oats. I bet her grin and bear it, I better come and share it. You're welcome, we can spare it. Yellow socks, too short to be haughty, too nutty to be naughty. Going on 40, no electric shots. The juice of the carrot, the smile of the parrot, a little drop of parrot, anything that works. Elvis and Scotty, days when I am spotty, sitting on the pot, curious smallpox. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. 